Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. It's a, another bright, shiny day in the off season where we're going to take some questions. We're going to answer some questions. Uh, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna get to the bottom of what these, uh, 2020 Cowboys are gonna look like before, before the draft comes out. We'll tell you. Uh, we'll, we'll have it all laid out for you already. So you even, you don't even need to watch the draft. Just, uh, we'll have it all planned out yeah, and figured out for you. Absolutely. Uh, just a little teaser for everybody. Uh, tomorrow we're gonna be doing our safety show talking yes. about Grant Elpit, Xavier McKinney, Ashton Davis. Uh, we're gonna break down all three of those guys, compare them, contrast them, and then rank them. Uh, where we would draft them, so make sure you guys uh, are ready for that show tomorrow. Uh, like you said, let's get to our Twitter questions. I want to start out with this one from uh, at UT Dallas. Um, the Falcons sent out an interesting tweet yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, I did. Uh, basically saying, hey, we're breaking up with Vic, Vic Beasley, uh, the former defensive end uh, from Clemson who had a couple big years for the Falcons. Um, he wants to know, is there any interest in bringing in Vic Beasley if the Cowboys can't re-sign Robert Quinn, if you're looking for one of those bendy edge rushers, is Beasley somebody you're interested in, Landon? Real quick, I, I thought it was funny. I don't know if you saw, but somebody replied back to that tweet. I did. Source, with a question mark. <laughs> and, they, and then the Atlanta replied back, us. It's literally us, the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> is so great. Um, I, You know, listen, I think with the, the defense kind of being in – Still being described in kind of a hybridized mode. Um, I, I think that there may be some interest. I don't know what the price tag is for, for, for Beasley at this point. How many sacks do you think he had last year? Just off the top of your head. Oh, I don't, I mean, I, like, I would say three, two. Like, I don't think he had very many, right? Eight. He had eight he had, sacks last year? Yeah, he had eight sacks last year. So here's his, his numbers from the last uh, four years 15 and a half in 2016. 5, 2017, 5, 2018, 8, and 2019. It seems like the NFL has completely given up on him. And I can kind of understand from a first-round pick perspective what he was a top-10 pick. Um, but seems, if you tell me, it you, seems you, like you tell me a, this guy can get him in a cheap contract, yeah, right? If, it seems like he I'm needs interested. a market recalibration, right? Like Absolutely, It seems like yes. that, that's the issue is that, oh, yeah, yeah, he got drafted for one thing, which is you know a very rich, pricey cost. He, it's not that he's worth nothing. It's that he's just not worth what the general consensus is of what the team drafting, you know, having to re-sign someone who is their first round pick, right? Like there's a sure. premium in the in the re-sign cost there. I, you know, like I, I think that in a situation where you know, like like I mentioned, like a hybrid defense where I feel like, you know, even on traditional rundowns or whatever. I could maybe move him somewhere else, like, you know, as a Sam linebacker in a 4-3. Sure. Or, you know, I think that he, you know, could function in a role as, as that kind of will linebacker potentially in the uh, in a in a uh, Mike Nolan defense, which does kind of a lot of blitzing and then uh, attacking, you know, the quarterback. 
I, I, yeah, I just I think that the, the the thing with him is going to be what's the market. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, think that's I can't all. Can't imagine it's a lot, right? Because I think there was rumors they tried to trade him at the deadline, and they were asking like a sixth or seventh round pick for him, and nobody bit. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I to guess me, it must be. To me, doesn't this, I mean, it, it's not the same player, but didn't this kind of thing happen with Robert Quinn a couple of years ago? Like, everybody thought he was done. You know, this was the last couple of years with the Rams. I think he had a, a five-sack season and then a four-sack season, and then he got traded to Miami, and then, you know, he had an okay year with the Dolphins. I think he had, like, six and a half sacks, and then Dallas gets him for a sixth or seventh-round pick at, you know, age 29, and he has a monster year. Is it impossible for Beasley to have that kind of turnaround? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I just think it's so, like, you know, these guys who are these kind of, uh, you know, the, 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 the sort of, like, bendy, you know, you know pass rusher types that, that can't defeat double teams regularly, mm-hmm. like, they're, it's, it feels like they have a lot of variance. You know, it's sure, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, again, I think you see with Quinn, you know, you get him in a situation where he's got a lot of one-on-one situation, he thrives. But if you get like a situation where he's constantly being chipped, you know, he, that's just not like that's a limitation. That's that's kind of where it is, and I feel like that's going to be a similar situation here, where you got a guy who, you know, when you line him up and, and you're letting him just rush the passer one-on-one with the with a tackle. Uh, I think he can win with you, but I think he is easily thwarted by you know any kind of double team. So, so I guess my point is is that this is a guy who probably needs another guy across from him. You know, yeah, like I mean, he, he really hasn't had that. I mean, Tack McKinley has been a nice player for the Falcons, but he's not a a true dominant number one well, rusher, right? I, I think the thing that, that that really probably helped him this season, and, and again, this is as someone who was completely unaware that he had eight sacks. I mean, I got to think that the rise of Grady Jarrett has got yeah, has I'm been sure really helpful for him. Too. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think there is. I, I do have some interest because I do think this guy was talented. I clearly thought he was talented coming out. I was kind of surprised by his the uh, how limited his success was. Uh, but I think that if if you you know pair him with a guy like you know is similar to what you did with Quinn, you pair him with a guy like Demarcus Lawrence, mm-hmm. so that he gets a little bit more one on one action. I, I certainly don't think that he. You know, is someone who can't produce in the NFL. I think he's shown that he's done, he can do that at times. I think it's just about, he needs a, the right situation. He's not a, a creator on his own, which, you know, probably mis, misdrafted him as a late first rounder, right? Yeah. Well, actually, he went high in the first round. I think he oh, yeah. picked number eight. Yeah, but he should wait, have wait, probably Wait, he was win. eight? Oh, I'm thinking of Dante Fowler. Yeah, I always, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, yeah. Well, Fowler went three. You're thinking of, uh, oh, who was the is. other guy? The other short short guy that was like the explosive guy that ended up going like uh never Bundy mind. went later in that draft. Yeah, I just uh, think Shane that, Ray went late. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that, you know, like those guys and it's funny cuz even Fowler, like I think Fowler like is very, also very similar. Like those guys are easily neutralized, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and when you get Fowler on a team like the Rams and suddenly he's got Aaron Donald taking a lot of the the heat. Uh, it, it makes it easier to kind of isolate him and there, thereby giving him uh, more opportunity to succeed. Well, I was going to say, another guy that's very similar to that is uh, D Ford for yep. the 49ers, right? Yep. Um, if he's your second defensive end or third rusher, uh, that makes a lot of sense. But if he you know, if he has to be forced to carry the pass rush by himself, it's not going to work. Um, I would love for the Cowboys to bring in somebody like Beasley but not have to rely on him, if that makes sense. Make him... 
the third defensive end or even the fourth defensive end. So that way, anything you get from him uh, is a bonus. Make him part of ro- your rotation. You know, maybe you make him a, a three-four outside linebacker in certain certain packages. Maybe you have him as a Sam uh, in certain looks. Um, but yeah, the price is going to be the interesting thing there. We're, we're going to have to check back in on Beasley uh, once we get closer to free agency. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some more Twitter questions. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, um, I really like this question from Zach. Uh, which free agent or which position in free agency could the Cowboys look to sign that would unlock the draft for them? Uh, what I think Zach means here is where yeah. the Cowboys wouldn't be forced to pick a certain player or position maybe in the first round or even the second round. Is there one spot that you're looking at in free agency where the talent matches up with maybe uh, the strengths and weaknesses of this draft? Yeah, I mean, I think we've mentioned the, the defensive tackle position is one mm-hmm. that you know that clearly seems ripe for targeting just because it's a spot where we need – you feel like you need a body – uh, there's lots of there's lots of opportunity here. There's lots of people that are available, all different flavors of defensive tackle that you could want. Um, I, I feel like that might be a spot where you know, and, and also just generally, it's you, you, drafting defensive tackles is a difficult proposition. I mean, absolutely, yeah, it's very risky to say the least. And and I think that going out, being able to shop for a guy. Who probably has tape doing what you want him to be doing for your team might be a little bit more palatable for for uh, for defensive tackle acquisition as opposed to some of these other positions, and especially when you consider the fact that there doesn't seem to be a ton of defensive tackle uh, depth. It feels like there's you know those the two guys at the top. There's a couple guys in the middle of the second round, and then the, you know it kind of really drops off from there. So. And again, I, I just think when you add in the risk involved in drafting a guy like that, uh, mm-hmm. there, there, there is something to maybe uh, trying to hit that position uh, at, in free agency. Yeah, just a couple quick names of guys at the defensive tackle position that have went in the first round. Uh, over the last couple of years, you're looking at Robert Kandichi, who washed out with the Cardinals, Dominic Easley, uh, who was uh, you know, a really talented player at Florida who just couldn't stay healthy in the NFL. Vernon Butler has been a bust for the Panthers. Um you know, then there, there are some hits with, you know, Aaron Donald, obviously, but a lot of busts between Malcolm Brown, Danny Shelton, uh, some of even the guys this year, Taven Bryan, or Taven Bryan two years ago, Jerry Tillery. Uh, it's certainly a position that's hard for uh, you to get success early, uh, and I would be interested in the Cowboys bringing in a free agent just because of how hard it is to draft that position. Um, 
Lena, let's go ahead and move on to some other questions. Uh, I, this one comes from, I, I lost the name here somewhere, but uh, the question, oh, here we go, from John. Any player in this draft that you're willing to trade up for? Um, you know, there's obviously some big name receivers and CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. Uh, Isaiah Simmons at Clemson is somebody that uh, I've had an eye on. Is there anybody for you that you're willing to maybe part with your second or third round pick to go get? Uh, I mean, a lot of these guys, they're, they're definitely guys, but they're, but they're guys that you just don't feel like, you know, like Akuda or... Uh, yeah, you know, you're going like, to have to get up in the top You're going to have to really get guys. up for those guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, I think... I like Akuda. I think if if he were available, obviously that's someone that you would look at. I mean, look if Derek Brown starts falling. That's too the far, one I was going to say. Yes, I, I, yeah, I mean he's the one that that kind of is the nexus of need and 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 talent and availability if that happens. So yeah, I think uh, I think that that seems like the guy I would probably look at. You know, with a uh, for, you know I would definitely have, keep an eye on and look and look to see exactly where he goes. Yeah, Derek Brown is somebody who we'll talk about more on this podcast, but uh, defensive tackle from Auburn, uh, he really gives you a ton of flexibility on your defensive line because he can play no tackle if you need him to. He can certainly be a one technique. Man, I'm not even sure that he cu- couldn't be a three technique in the NFL just because he, he's oh, pretty Oh, totally. Absolutely side. he could. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Landon. At what point in the draft do you start thinking – Hey, should we move up for Derek Brown? Like, wh- where would he have to get to in this draft for you to start having those conversations? Um, I mean, definitely out of the top ten, I would say, right? So like, yeah, if he gets to like eleven or twelve, that's when you're starting to to call. That's what I'm thinking too. I, I just think that there's probably a there might even be a price premium for people that are uh, that are you know in the top ten. I, you know, there, there, there may actually be a psychological thing where trading to ten and trading to eleven are the, the you know the distance between the two is more than just the uh, the, the, yeah. the, char- the chart what the chart says. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that's and I also think that it also depends on look all, a lot of this is going to depend on the day the situation on the day how many quarterbacks are left are there quarterbacks left on the board that could be potential. Drafted the first round picks because I think that you know that will actually suddenly you're in a bidding war right like with with, with trade up spots until until like because other guys will be moving up to try to trade up to get their quarterback so you know it's 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 kind of very difficult math to figure out the day of because you're bidding with guys who are suddenly willing to pay a lot more for a different type of player than you are right right so I think it's I think yeah I think anything outside of ten you should start making phone calls at least. All right, just really quickly, just wanted to play this out a little bit. So after 10, there's pick 11, which is the Jets. Uh, they drafted Quinn and Williams last year. I would be surprised if they took another defensive tackle. They need an offensive tackle. Uh, so just uh, that one would surprise me. Sitting at number 12 is the Raiders. Uh, they actually don't need a defensive tackle. Uh, maybe oh, or maybe the Raiders who don't have – a second round pick. Maybe they are, they're okay moving down from 12 to 17. Uh, the Colts are at 13. Maybe that's a team that, you know, wants to pick up more picks. We know, uh, their GM there, uh, Chris Ballard loves to trade back to go from 17 to 13. That might only cost you a third round pick. 
I would be interested there. And again, 14, Tampa Bay, they have Via Vea. I doubt they're taking a defensive tackle there. So just, you know, in that range, if Derek Brown happens to fall down that far, and, you know, there's certainly a possibility that he could, uh, that's where I get interested in. I, we're going to have to come back and talk about Derek Brown later because the more that you look at this draft and where the quarterbacks might fall and where these receivers and offense tackles are going to end up, I could certainly see a scenario where Derek Brown gets down into the teens, uh, and then we have to have a conversation. Um, let's go ahead and answer some more questions, Landon. Uh, this one comes from Safe One. Uh, when was the last time a Cowboys player played on the franchise tag? I actually know this one. Do you know? Do you know who it is? The last time the Cowboys player played on a franchise tag. Yes. Is it a long time ago? No, it was like two years ago. Okay, then no, I don't remember. Is Demarcus Lawrence? Remember, he wanted. Oh, to play that's on the right. Franchise that's tag. right. He actually okay. wanted to play on the franchise. I was going to say Anthony Spencer. <laughs> that was next part of this question. Yeah. And when was the last time a Cowboys player played on the franchise tag, and then they didn't sign a contract with the team afterwards? It was Anthony Spencer. I yeah. believe the Cowboys franchised him twice. They did. Uh, yes. And they didn't get anything out of him in that second year, and his career was basically over. So. Uh, the Cowboys don't use the franchise tag very often. Um, they've had some success in the past. I think they franchised Dez in 2015, but they got a contract done right at the deadline. Uh, I'm sure this pertains to, to Dak Prescott. I don't think you have to worry about Prescott playing on the franchise tag, right? They're going to get a deal done sooner uh, rather than later, correct? I'm just generally not worried about this. Like, uh, I, 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 I mean, this is something like, look, look if you guys want to worry about the Cooper contract and all that, that's fine. I mean, you're going to pay your starting quarterback what you're going to pay your starting quarterback, and you'll do it when it's time. It's just like, I, I just, they were so close before, I just, I have a very hard time believing that this is going to devolve into something bad. You know? I would agree. Yeah. I, it, it just doesn't seem like there's a, a scenario where Dak's playing on the franchise. Both tag. sides want this to be done. Both sides want the sure. other side to be a part of this. You know, I, I just... If this is a numbers thing, I just feel like it's about buying them time. That's all it is. All right. This one comes from at Shaylan Stein. Uh, who is more important to this team success, Byron Jones or Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper. Without a doubt. And normally yeah, cornerbacks carry more value than receivers. I, I think that's changing I don't know in today's that's NFL. True. Yeah, I don't think that yeah. that's true anymore. I, and I think the Chiefs are a perfect example. If you can pass the ball really well, you have a chance at every single game. Yep. Uh, and I think Amari is a better player than Myron Jones. Yep. Uh, next one. This one comes from at Bender. Uh, can Michael Gallup be a number one receiver in today's NFL? Sure. Yeah. I mean, what, I does, think, what does he need to do to get there? Uh, consistency. I mean, I think that he needs to 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 be a higher efficiency target, um, and and I think that you know. Uh, Needs to like just play with a level of up with more of a floor, you know, with more of a of a of a higher floor than what he's played with. I think that's just about snaps and and, and getting consistent. I think you saw that you know as he got more mm -hmm. and more snaps after once he got healthy and and started to kind of continue yeah. back on his rise that he started early parts of the season. Uh, you started him kind of get back on track with with his ascension into a, a better wide receiver. Uh, I think that there's certainly a chance that he can get to that point. Does that mean I'm, I, I support not signing Cooper? Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I think Gallup is somebody who, 
you know, you look at him, he certainly doesn't lack any physical talent. You know, he's got the size of a number one receiver. He has the, the athleticism. Uh, you can see the route running and the ability to make plays after the catch. Uh, but I think you nailed it. It's just a consistency. And again, you know, most of the time we're seeing, seeing these receivers, uh, break out in their second year, but they come be, they become more consistent in the third year. I think that's especially going to be true with Gallup because of the knee injury. Assuming he can stay healthy, uh, I'm looking for a huge, huge 2020 season uh, out of Michael Gallup. Uh, next one question, Landon. Are the Cowboys cursed because Jimmy Johnson has not been inducted into the Ring of Honor? Love this question. This is just up your alley. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> uh, no, this is not like a curse. Of the, no, stop. Stop. Just stop. I mean, it's fun to think about, it's, right? I mean, just just <laughs> cut a chicken's head off and sprinkle the blood on on the on the stadium. Everything will be fine. It's oh, kind of morbid. Um, I mean, it's so last... unbelieving in, in, in nonsense. But okay, okay, okay. Oh man. Uh, last question, and this one's a lot of people wanted to know. Uh, do you still have any interest in giving up your first round pick to go get Jamal Adams after watching these safeties? No. Okay. And I the, I think the reasoning is not because Adams of his ability because he's a fantastic safety. No, the math is It's changed. more about the contract. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like the, you know the the, the, the you were going to get a a cheap deal off of him. Now mm-hmm. you're going to have to trade for him and immediately re-sign him. Uh you know, I, yeah, I just think they need some cheaper contracts. Yeah. They they need to get some value out of these cheaper contracts. They're sitting at 17. They'll find a good player. Let them sit there and draft, and they'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Again, make sure you check in for tomorrow's podcast. We're going to be talking about these safeties. A lot of fun. We'll probably have some heated debates on these guys, uh, so make sure you guys do that. Follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. Follow the show at Cowboys, and we will see you next time.